Welcome to the Milestone Mama podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Hollis, wife, boy mom, and former fitness instructor turned photographer, educator, and birth doula. Becoming a mom in 2020 completely changed my life. And even though it was the greatest joy I've ever felt, it definitely came with some challenges that no one could have ever prepared me for. But I found so much healing and community, and that's why this podcast was born. Tune in each week as we uncover all of the nuances of being a mom, from pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and everything in between. If you're ready to connect, to grow, to learn, to feel inspired, seen, and heard, then you've come to the right place. And I'm so glad you're here, Mama. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Milestone Mama, and I have my husband here again. Hello. So this is this has been really fun. We just recorded our birth story episode, which will probably come out before this one. And now we're going to talk about what our first year of being parents was like. Still don't feel like we are. I know, right? Sometimes I still stare at him and I'm like... It was like we just have a really young friend that hangs out with us a lot. (laughs) I stare at him and I'm like, I can't believe we made you. Like, I can't believe you're mine. I can't believe you're here. Like, I think because of the pandemic too, like, it, it just feels like such a time warp. Um, the, the really hard days go by so slow, but man, the months go by really, really fast. Yeah. I was just texting somebody today and talking about, like, I feel like it hadn't been that long or I guess it hadn't been that long since I had talked to him, but it was like, holy crap, it's been a year. So. Well, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Anyway, well, we wanted to just come on and sum up what the year has looked like and some things we learned, um, maybe some highlights, some challenging things, maybe things that we didn't expect, uh, that we didn't feel prepared for or did feel prepared for. Um, and then we have some questions from Instagram that we'll touch on as well. We are recording in our kitchen. So if you hear dog barking or barking under her breath, we apologize in advance. This is just the best space for us to do this tonight with the baby sleeping upstairs. So let's start from the very beginning, I guess, with the early days of being a parent. Um, I feel like at the very start, you are just kind of in like the honeymoon phase. You you kind of just go in expecting it to be hard. Like, you know it's going to be hard. Yeah, no sleep doesn't bother you as much. Yeah. You just... Your body's just kind of okay with the very little sleep, you know, feeding every two to three hours. They wiggle, you wake up to see what's going on. If they don't wiggle, you wake up to see if they're still breathing. Yeah. I feel like he could make this, the smallest little grunt and both of us would be like, yeah. is he good? Does he need us? Is he awake? Um, and he was a kind of a grunty sleeper too. Very grunty. Um, and yeah, for us, I guess it was... The very beginning was very challenging for us for several different reasons that I won't elaborate on too long here. But the main thing that was a big struggle for us that I wasn't expecting was sleep for him. 
Obviously, like, you know, newborns wake up a lot. That wasn't the problem. He did not sleep in the bassinet. He did not sleep in the crib. He did not sleep in the swing. He (laughs) needed contact sleeping, which, you know, biologically makes sense. They are inside of you for nine months and they're not used to just, you know, being out. I remember trying like every single swaddle on the market and he would break his arms out. He always wanted his arms over his head. And I think eventually I just kind of was like, screw it. Do they make a arms over your head swaddle? They do. Remember the one oh, we, yeah, we, we used it for a while? Figured it was um, my business idea. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't over the head, but out, yeah, was, you know, out to the side. Yeah. Um, but there was a good period in there where obviously it's not recommended, but he slept on, uh, he just slept on my chest because it was the only way either of us could sleep. And at that point it was like weighing my risks to benefits. Like I felt like if I didn't get any sleep and he didn't get any sleep, then I wouldn't have been able to take care of him as it was. And so I would just kind of prop myself up and he would sleep on me. And, I, and honestly, I was always only like half asleep. I, I was up instantly if he even made the tiniest bit of sound or movement or whatever. Um, but that was a pretty tough challenge um, because I felt like I was just failing and like we were trying everything and he just wouldn't wouldn't do it we tried yeah, every swing people tell you it's normal babies just do that and but you're like well what do i do right but then when do you say okay like everyone tells me it's normal but it doesn't seem normal like i don't yeah. ask for help if they're just gonna keep telling me that yeah well and now looking back i think part of it too was our nursing issues like he wasn't getting fully full yeah um so yeah basically the other part to this is that um two and a half weeks postpartum I ended up hemorrhaging at home and it was due to placental fragments being left in my uterus and that will be an episode in and of itself I won't get into it too much here but essentially that caused a lot of nursing issues for us because my body thought I was still pregnant for that long and it just couldn't really keep up Um, after like the blood loss and just lack of sleep and I like dropped a ton of weight really fast and just was not healthy. Um, and I tried my butt off to nurse him. I was nursing him, then supplementing with formula and then pumping like pretty much. And then again and again and again and again. again. It was my life. Um, Jordan will tell you. We had our friend and lactation consultant over here like every few days to like weigh and yeah do weight weight transfers and I think that's something important to note is that there's it's definitely a uh misconception I guess that supply issues happen like I think most moms think that they don't produce enough because you can't see what's got like coming out of you when your baby's just nursing right like all you have to measure is what you pump and what you pump is not necessarily what baby gets and so I think many moms think that they don't make enough when they do, but sometimes they really truly don't. And it was very frustrating because the nurses and everyone at the hospital was like, no, you're making enough. You just can't see it. Your body makes exactly what baby needs. But mine like genuinely wasn't. And I just knew something was off. And so when our friend who's an amazing lactation consultant in the area, came over, we did weighted transfers. So we were able to actually see 
if he was getting anything from the breast. And that was like so heartbreaking to weigh him in a dry diaper, nurse him for 15, 20 minutes, weigh him again and see that he hardly got anything. Maybe like half an ounce, if that, or something like something crazy like that. And so we knew something was up um, and it all kind of made sense, you know, after the incident we were like, oh, okay, well, yeah. that makes sense why we're having this issue. And so I pushed through till eight weeks of doing that like triple feeding and I was just losing it. I was a mess. It seemed like a lot longer. It seemed like you were giving it yeah, all forever. It did seem like a lot longer. Um, but yeah, I was eight weeks. I was getting ready to start shooting weddings again. I think that's what really like did it for me. Cause I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, and I just knew I was like, something's got to give, you know, like everything that was going into my body nourishment wise, which is going right back out to breastfeeding. And I felt like my body never was able to heal from what happened to me. Like I was just like in this perpetual state of exhaustion and like malnourishment almost for myself. And so, uh, yeah, that, again, that could be a, another episode, the whole breastfeeding thing. But, um, after that was when things finally started to be a little bit easier, um, progressively. Yeah. I would say that was around the time too, where he was like kind of colicky. He would just I was scream. Say, it was like, it, it got better, but it didn't until we started to like sleep train him. That was when it kind exactly, of Exactly. Exactly. So around eight weeks, we figured out on our own that he needed to go on hypoallergenic formula because he would just scream and scream and scream. No, but the doctor said it's normal for them to grow up for babies. <laughs> yeah. Our pediatrician, which we ended up switching from, um, which if we have any advice, it's listen to your gut as a parent. Your parents, your parental intuition will not steer you wrong in most scenarios. I um, understand, though, because some people probably are a little over. Yeah, I'm know. sure new parents are very, but like... if it's, you know... With us, it was like, okay, yeah, it's normal. And like two weeks later, three weeks later, okay, really? Yeah. Well, and I could just tell by the way he was crying and the things just, he would do with his body. And I mean, he was a grunty baby. Like He was. He would grunt in his sleep, he'd wake up, and he'd grunt and, and fart. And but grunting is different than when he would like be so uncomfortable and would yeah. just scream. Like, I remember at, at one point he would like burp and just lose yeah, his mind. Crying. So he knew something was up. Uh, digestively and literally I remember the doctor saying well you know you could try hypoallergenic formula but like and shout out to whatever the Nutramogen yeah they sent us samples so we already had like two little sample jars at home oh, never mind. no, no we, had was, the, no, we, we had, had the, the Gentilies we, had yeah. the, we didn't have Nutramogen yet but yeah we had Gentilies which we tried yeah. before Nutramogen yeah. Gentilies worked for a little bit but not fully and then we tried um so the very first night we tried hypoallergenic formula, he slept a six hour stretch and that had not happened in, yeah. I don't think ever. And I was like, okay, this, this did it. This, yeah. he was not comfortable. And immediately it was relief for him. And so we ended up using Nutramogen, which he's actually still on now. Um, and 60 bucks a bottle. <laughs> Not quite, but it's, it's pretty it pretty hefty. Yeah, it was <laughs> worth it. At that point, we were like, we'll pay $100 a can. Like, we just want to sleep. 
Um, so yeah, between eight weeks and when he hit four months was was still pretty rough, you know, like there was think, still a lot of weight gain. I always remember, I think four months is like the mark where things started to get I say we, but you were the one that started to figure out how to sleep train and all that. And that's when it kind of yeah. turned around. We could sleep through the night and yeah well we just so basically up until that point we had a really good routine going with him where um we would bring him up to his room for like a nap and give him another like ounce or two rock him bounce him and he would fall asleep in our arms and then we put him down and he'd cry well not always (laughs) i i think around that eight week mark or a little bit after that i started to to try putting him down in his crib for naps because before that it was just like he'd nap in the docketot or in the pack and play in the living room or in the bassinet or whatever it was just like survival mode at that like those first eight weeks you just we didn't have any routine it was just no schedule he just we got him to sleep when we got him to sleep and that was that um but once he started to get comfortable and he was napping better we little by little would put him into his crib for naps and then eventually we fell into a routine of him being really good with it. He was not swaddled. He was in the arms up sleep sack or the zippity zip sleep sack, which kind of like their arms are sort of up, but it's a little bit of a looser thing. Like their arms are still covered, but they have the ability to like move them around. Um, so it's not a, a swaddle with the arms down at the baby's sides. We put him in that pretty early on because it was the only thing that um, worked for him that he felt comfortable with. I remember with. the first time I put him in one of those things, I was like, they like straight jackets. Yeah. <laughs> well, he do. did not like the swaddle, but he did like those. Yeah. Um, so definitely recommend those if you have a baby that likes to have their arms by their face. And honestly, I'm glad that we did that because then it made the transition to the regular sleep sack easier because he didn't have to be like transitioned out of the swaddle swaddle um and so little by little we did the nap crib or the crib naps and we had a good thing going with how to get him down and he found he fell into like a um routine where he'd sleep a good like six or seven hour stretch at night i feel like we'd go up around like nine ish like eight or nine with him and then he'd sleep till like two or three in the morning Mm -hmm. that happened for a good little while and then the four month regression hit (laughs) and it was back to newborn like up every like hour a couple hours sometimes half an hour and i remember being like oh my gosh something has got to give this is crazy it's when you try everything i walked a thousand laps around our pool trying to get him to fall back yeah. to sleep anything yeah it was really hard and um he did that with naps too i would we would like rock him and rock him and bounce him and he just i could just tell like he was ready to be able to do it by himself like he we tried our hearts out to get him to sleep and it was exhausting and I remember reaching a point of being like I feel like I'm living Groundhog Day (laughs) like I just get up in the morning and I have so much anxiety about getting him to sleep and I was still napping like four or five times a day and it would just be like okay I would be up for this time he'd eat and then I'd be putting him down for a nap and then I would get maybe like 20 minutes to myself, 30 minutes to myself, however long he would nap, and then it would be up and doing the whole thing again. And I felt like, man, 
I'm just trying to get through the freaking day. Like, this is crazy. Jordan was already back working from home, which thankfully you're from home. Um, and I was always like, oh, I don't like the idea of sleep training, but, you know, like, I don't want to do cry it out. I think it's, you know, kind of tough. And It's hard after, I don't know, I'd probably second with your, or not second, less hard with your second kid, but it's hard to just, like, say, okay, I'm just going to put this, this kid in there and let him cry yeah, and, like, yeah. walk away. Yeah, so I was just super against it for a while, but... You know, we hit that rocky part where, like, literally nothing I did was working anyway. And I knew that we needed to try something. Like, we needed some sort of guidance. I had read um, some of Baby Wise and stuff like that. And it was just, like, some of it was just too rigid. I was like, they're still too little. They need to eat on demand. And, you know, I just didn't feel like it would, that was working. But some of the principles of it worked with the, you know, eat, wake, sleep pattern. Um, but I just could not. I, I couldn't get past the, like, just rigid structure of, like, withholding them food or, like, not going in to comfort him. And so once that hit, I was like, all right, we got connected with Michelle, our sleep consultant, who was on the podcast, and I, I just needed someone to give me permission to do it, that I wasn't a terrible mom, and, like, to give us guidance on exactly how to do it. And, like, I gradual way that made him still feel like cared for and comforted and we started that Silas was like four and a half months it was right before Christmas that we started this and um we started with nighttime and we would really really track his wake windows specifically through the day before that you're just kind of like reading their sleepy cues and all that but this was like no he's awake for this amount of time between wake up and naps and then this time and it was kind of hard to keep track sometimes but so you'd come home and be like what time do you fall asleep how much do you feed him when you wake up i'd be like dang it yeah sometimes jordan would forget to keep (laughs) track and then i'd be mad at him for not paying attention but um anyway we did that for quite some time with the wake window thing and uh it worked really well because Night one was probably the roughest night of sleep training because he was definitely crying, but we'd go in every three minutes and check on him, tell him we got him, he's okay, you know, talk to him in like a soothing voice. I would kind of, I don't, I don't know if you're like quote unquote supposed to do this, but I'd kind of put my hand on his chest or his back or wherever he was. I feel like it's torture. It's like, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to talk to you. I know. But we can't pick you up. Well, we did what we had to. Yeah. He was okay. I felt like if... If he would carry on and on, we knew it was not the right time. Or, like, I probably wouldn't have gone through with it. But he didn't cry for that long. Yeah. Um, I just remember, like, sometimes, yeah, he's crying so much. You just be like, all right, has it been three minutes? Like, I'm going to go in there. Yeah. Um, And so, literally, we did that for the first, maybe for the first, like, four days of that week. And then he slept through the night. And he just kind of picked up on it. Like, I remember that that same week that we started putting him down in his crib for his nap and he would just go to sleep. And I felt so much relief. Like, my anxiety just, just was gone at that point. Because um, I felt like my day no longer had to revolve around putting him down. It still was, you know, paying attention to wake windows and all that, but it was not my hands physically 
bouncing him and feeding him and putting him down to sleep just for him to wake yeah. up 20 minutes later. His nap started getting more regular and leveling out. And I feel like that's just when we felt more normal and like we could just breathe again and like started, I don't know. I'd like, go anywhere somewhere with them. And, go places yeah. with them or like not feel like we were so trapped and um, obviously like the pandemic was still happening and it was winter, but we just felt like a little bit more freedom to have a life, like make a plan to go see our friends for dinner or whatever it might be. Um, I feel like I just blinked and we're here, honestly, but, (laughs) um, so to backtrack a little bit, one of the questions that we got, I guess that goes in line with that first half of his life, um, uh, or the first half of his year. Hi, how did you guys bond with the baby at the same, wait, I don't, I'm not reading this right. Hi, did you guys bond with baby at the same time or was the experience different for each? I don't know. I didn't find it. I feel like I bonded right away. Yeah. Like I never, I don't know. Like it does take, I don't think it takes like time. You definitely bond right away, but I feel like right after like we got home with him, even it's just like when I'd go, if I did go for a, somewhere for like five minutes, I'd be like, oh no, mm-hmm. leaving my kid for the first time. I don't want to leave. So yeah, I felt, but, I felt it right away too. I could tell you did too. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say, I remember there being, it was, it was kind of rough in the beginning because if I went anywhere, especially when I was first nursing, I just felt so much like guilt for it. And I remember you feeling kind of helpless in certain moments where you couldn't comfort him because I wasn't home to nurse him. And you'd call me like, oh my God, I don't don't know what to do. I'm like freaking out. And, and then it would like stress me out because I knew (laughs) I wasn't, I couldn't be home in less than five minutes. And, um, and then I'd come home and grab him and he'd be like, and then of course he'd stop crying right away. And I was like, listen, he knows my smell. He knows like my milk. And he was inside of me. (laughs) He was inside of me for nine months. Like it's okay. Um, but that only lasted pretty much like the first month or so, I guess. And then eventually he was, you kind of, I think, figured it out. Like you figured him out. And also he wasn't as reliant on, on me because we were doing a lot of bottles and stuff like that. Um, but I would say like the true bonding bonding happened, I think when like they start smiling at you and like laughing and you just feel like there's more of a relationship Uh, there. That's when it's more rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, That's when you're like, all right, I could have slept for, or not slept for three months and that smile was worth it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Um, so yeah, the, I would say we both bonded pretty much right so yeah, away. I would have, I would have killed somebody to keep my baby alive from day one, but yeah, yeah um, it definitely becomes more like a rewarding relationship. And yeah. Yeah. Um, cause that's tough in the beginning when you're so sleep deprived and like, they're not even like smiling back at you, but you love them so much. You just don't get any reaction from them. Um, <laughs> or your husband. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The other question is, what month besides the first was the hardest? Second, third, and fourth. <laughs> I know, right? I agree. That's kind of how I feel. Like, honestly, everything between birth and sleep training was the hardest. Yeah. 
we haven't really had. I mean, especially with like the first like month and a half too is probably the hardest, especially with what, what, we what happened with you yeah. as well. Um, that kind of just set us back. I feel like in in adjusting to parenthood because we just kind of had our world like turned upside down at that point and I was very like weak and vulnerable and um we needed a lot of extra support so we had like our our parents come a lot for the first few weeks after the incident and we didn't like fully get into a groove or routine honestly until probably like a month in because I was like afraid of showering alone and just like being alone and like you know it took me a while to get my blood levels back to normal and all that so you know looking back that's that's really hard or at least for me to reflect on because I feel like that as much as I loved that newborn stage like I feel like some of it was stolen from me because I was so consumed with all that stuff yeah um but yeah nonetheless those first few months were definitely the hardest. Um, and since that, I really feel like it has not been anywhere near as challenging. Yeah. I mean, especially after that, then we had the colicky and gas and mm-hmm. figuring that out. And it was, like we said before, like the four month mark. The sleep regression. We, yeah, we'd figured out, you know, the to give him the hypoallergenic and then we got him sleep trained. And then after he had his little bump there, it's been, we haven't All had a worse month yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I just going to say about that? I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, I remember being in that in those hardest stages and being so overwhelmed and like I'd have my meltdowns and your hormones are like all over the place. And I was so sick of people saying, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Because <laughs> I was like, I know it will. Like I knew it would. I, I didn't think it was going to be like that forever. But you're just like... But right now, it's really hard. And I just needed someone to validate that. And I was like, well, when? Like, when is it going to get better? And now looking back, I'm like, okay, honestly, once you get past <laughs> the first four months. Yeah. Because and if I- you do choose to sleep train or maybe your baby falls into a good routine where you don't have to do that and they just start more regulating their sleep at that point, things get a lot easier. Things get a lot easier when you can just sleep. Yeah. In general. Now, during that four months, it's like the longest. It feels like two years. Yeah, it did. But then it's like as soon as it gets over that, and then like so you get fast. to the point where they're like smiling, like you forget about it. Like Yeah, you do. You forget how hard all of that is yeah. completely. And it's so worth it. At the four month mark after been complaining that whole time, you started to talk about when we have another one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Which is crazy to think yeah. about, but that's when you can actually start to imagine that. In the beginning, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. You're like, oh, what did we do? <laughs> I love this thing so much, but this is so freaking hard. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. So I guess from there, um, we, yeah, Christmas happened, and then we kind of were still in like a little bit of hibernation. I feel like we kind of both went through feeling a little down for a little bit just because we were so tired of being like inside and not really in our element um because between 
it being winter and the pandemic and having a new baby, like we just were a lot more isolated than we usually are. Yeah. You want to, um, you want to, sh- I don't want to say share, but you know, you got a kid, you but you still got to, you want to get out, see people and stuff. And you also want to share your kid and your, I don't know, let yeah. other people see him. And it was kind of with the pandemic, you know, people were just very hesitant to ask if they could come over or just didn't come over because yeah. of the, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. So yeah, I think we kind of just went through like a bit of a lonely season, you know, not, not like we could have really done much about that, but, um, I don't know. We got through it. <laughs> yeah. We have, yeah. We have a pool, but we couldn't use it. It's winter time. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I think what helped me was just getting out as much as I could, like during the day, I'd just be like, all right, I'm going to take him to the grocery store with me or to run errands <laughs> or to Target or just to go get lunch and bring it back home or something just to kind of break up the day a little bit. Um, Cause it was definitely easy to fall into a bit of a rut and just, I just did that and I stayed there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I remember, you know, spring started to come around and I almost forgot that we could see people now, you know, things are starting to kind of get better Pandemic-wise, uh, we have a good routine with him and, like, his sleep schedule and everything. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, we we could have people over. Or, like, we could go do X, Y, and Z. Or, like, we could take him to dinner. I don't think we had taken him to a restaurant ever until, what, like, February, maybe? January, yeah. February? Yeah, yeah. I guess we'd travel with them. But, yeah, I guess we haven't gone out to eat with them. Yeah, so, we yeah. had, like, gone back and forth to our parents' houses because I had weddings and things like that that we needed to go to. But, yeah, we didn't take them to a restaurant until at least January, maybe later than that. Um, and he was great. But I was like, well, this could go one of two ways. We might have to leave early and get our food <laughs> yeah. in a box. But he was wonderful. He loves it. Um, and what else? You know, then he teethed pretty early. He got yeah. his first two teeth. At like five months, I think. Yeah, it was every like week from there on. It seems yeah. like another tooth comes yeah. in. Yeah, he's got eight now. He might have more by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah, yesterday and today he started grinding his teeth. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's I not fun to listen to. <laughs> I know. We started solids around that four-month mark where I would just kind of give him like you know, mashed banana or, like, avocado and things like that. That was and weird to get started, too. It was going from a bottle to, like, thinking they're going to choke. And I remember, yeah. like, when we first started, like, the first couple of weeks, like, Chelsea would feed him something, and just because she fed it to him, and he would kind of, like, choke on and be like, I don't think you need that yet. Why'd you give that to him? But it's yeah. just like, no. You know, they got to get okay. used to it. Yeah, but it's just, like, it's hard to just, like, put them down mm-hmm. uh, while you're sleep training and let them cry it out. It's like, you just got to let them try yeah and not everyone has to do that method like if it doesn't if you're able to make it work for your family in other ways like that's totally fine but for us like nothing else we did did work so we had to just try and he never cried for that long if like i said we were so meticulous with his wake windows during the day yeah that it just fell into place really well now i'm just saying in general it's like hard to it's so hard no one wants to to hear your baby cry yeah it still gives me anxiety to this day if he ever has a fussy like or a hard time going down and it like 
still makes my stomach hurt. I can't focus until yeah. he falls asleep. Um, but yeah, we did some baby led weaning and just a little bit of like spoon fed purees, but he was just not about it. He loved to feed himself. And so with baby led weaning, basically you kind of allow them to have um, like bigger pieces of food because they're, they don't have their pincer grasp yet. They're like, you know, pointer and thumb. They just hold everything with a fist. And so you basically give them a food long enough to just have something sticking out of the top of their fist. And it allows them to figure out what food feels like in their mouth, how to bite it, how to chew it, swallow, um, and kind of self-regulate, I guess, is the best way to put it. And it can be a little scary, but you don't ever give them anything that they could actually like choke choke on. Um, you give them like all, you know, soft, solid, mushy foods that would yeah. mush up they in their just, mouth. They gag on stuff every once yeah. in a while. And if you've never like had a kid and you're trying to do yeah. that. Yeah, watching little... them gag is scary and their gag reflex is very high up um, at that point still. And so they're gagging a lot. But again, it's like they're learning. And so we did a good mix of that for a little bit. And then eventually he kind of just got the hang of it. He maybe got his pincer grasp at like six months, seven months or something like that. I don't even remember at this yeah. point. I'll have to go back and look at my like little post that I made about <laughs> him. Um, and then but I'm really glad that we ended up doing that method because now he's so good with just feeding himself and yep. he loves solid foods. Although he's not we never picky. get to do the, the airplane, airplane thing. thing. Yeah. That's what I Every thought it was going to be about was I know, airplanes. Right? Every now and then he'll want like a random like applesauce or something like that and we'll we'll spoon feed that to him but eventually he tries to grab it out of your hand and do it himself. Yeah. He's very and then throw it on the floor. Independent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whenever he's half full. I know. Stuff starts to go on the floor. Um so yeah, that was around 4 and 5 months that he got teeth, we started solids. Um and then at 6 months we switched to instead of following wake windows we just went on to a nap schedule and we did uh two naps a day i think we started at six months yeah i think it was six or seven months it's, yeah was it 10 now almost 11 it's been at least three or four months probably yeah at least i feel like it was around six months yeah um, it's crazy how much it all just is a blur already. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was awesome because I felt like, oh my gosh, because I remember when we were still just doing wake windows, I still had no sense of like when he'd be sleeping and when I'd have like a sitter come over and help me with him while I worked, it would always happen so sporadically where like sometimes she'd show up and he'd be napping the whole time and I'd be like, I'm paying someone to just sit here for no reason. <laughs> Or, you know, I'd make an appointment for his doctor appointment or, like, for me to go do something. And then it, I never knew if it was going to line up with his nap schedule because I was like, he could either be awake for this long or he could sleep for this long. I don't know. And so when we were like, okay, let's try the two naps on a actual time, it was, like, so freeing because I, I had so much more structure in in the day to be like He's, and i say i because you know jordan works his nine to five and so he obviously takes care of him too but just like throughout the week um it was easier for me to be like okay i can have the sitter come between these hours and i know he's gonna be awake 
and I know he's going to nap around this time frame. I don't know how long he'll nap, but I know he's going to nap at this time. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how, like, to the T, like, you know, yeah. right at about, like, 8.30 in the morning, you start to see it. Mm-hmm. At nighttime, like, right around 6 o'clock, you start to see him get tired, yawn, and if you yeah. keep him up by, like, 7 the other day, he just started, like, crawl towards the stairs and look at me like, let's go, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he right now is napping at, like, 9 or 9.30 and one thirty or 2 in the afternoon, and he's in bed by 7 every night, and he wakes up around 6.30 or 7. Yeah every morning um and honestly we just made a in a a little bit of an adjustment more recently up until a couple weeks ago he was still waking up at least once at like four or five in the morning sometimes earlier than that and i think we just kind of fell into a routine of me going in and feeding him because once he was quote unquote sleep trained meaning sleep trained doesn't necessarily mean they're sleeping through the night it just means they can fall asleep independently um, once he was able to do that, if he ever like cried in the middle of the night and I felt like he needed me, I would always go in. Like if he was teething, I'd go in to comfort him or give him some Tylenol or, you know, if he, f- if I thought something was wrong, I would always go in there. And eventually I think it just kind of got into this like routine of him knowing that if he woke up in the middle of the night, I'd go okay. feed him. Yeah. And, you know, I started to get <laughs> like... A little tired of that thinking okay is there is he ever gonna just go through the whole night and um i consulted with our sleep consultant again i was like is there anything i can change here to to try to eliminate that night feed or well, early morning feed because i would love to just be able to sleep the whole night and uh that worked so we're good now <laughs> knock on wood for the most part he's been good for the last Except for his Several second weeks. nap today. Yeah, he boycotted his At least that was in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I feel like since six months, we really just blinked. Like, he started crawling. He got more teeth. He's pulling himself up to stand. Yeah, there's a period you get to where, like, like stuff, stuff happens really quick with, like, development. Like, they smile. Then you start to see, like, kind of some more emotions and personality and then physical stuff. Like, yeah. grabbing stuff with their fingers. But... Lately, the the funnest thing has been, like, watching him, like, kind of start to, like, read you as well. So, like, he can tell when I'm really telling him no, but I also, like, mess with him. Or, like, I'll say, like, no, no. And then I'll kind of, like, smile, and he'll smile back. Because now any time he's, like, doing something he can't do or doesn't think he can do, he'll, like, test me. Like, but he doesn't just, like, go for it again. He'll, like, slowly reach his arm as he's looking at me. And if I say no or smile again, he'll start, like, giggling. Like, he thinks it's funny, yeah. yeah. He's it's testing just, you. It's just really funny to see, like, that progression. His personality is yeah. really, really coming through at this point. And I just love this age so much. Like, he's so much fun. And yeah. I think I'm going to really love the 12-month to, like, 18-month phase, too, where he's just a little bit more, even more aware and, like, hopefully gets even more cuddly, <laughs> you know? Because I think he's getting there now. Yeah. Sometimes he likes to just be close. But I do kind of miss those days of him actually sleeping on me. And yeah. I never thought I would say that when it was in those hard stages. But gosh, now it's like, ugh, if he's cuddly with me, it's the best. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're about to celebrate his first birthday. And that is just the most wild thing in the world to me to even comprehend that we're here already. It feels like... 
like we said, like the first four months felt like so long. And then literally the rest was warp speed. Um, just so crazy. Yeah, it goes by quick. I don't know if, I don't know if COVID kind of had something to do with why it was so long at the yeah. beginning. I mean, yeah, we were staying at home and mm-hmm. dealing with that stuff. It's not like we would have done that anyway. Out, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. But it literally has gone by so quick after those first few months. What would you say has surprised you the most? Just about being a parent in general. Yeah. From or just anything about the first year. I don't know. It all surprises me. It's all overwhelming. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it, and if I come up with something good, or I guess I'll, I'll okay, I'll put it this it. way: like, what what was the what was the most challenging thing, other than maybe you know, obviously running off of no sleep in the beginning. I don't know. If I complained about too much stuff, it's just. I just kind of like it's you haven't hard. complained. I, I'm just I'm just asking for like the listeners. No, no. It's, I'm standpoint. trying to think of. I guess what was hardest was probably just when you don't know how to like calm them down. You'll sit there and Google something on your phone for an hour, mm-hmm. and you'll see some stupid product at Target, and you'll run out to buy it, come back home, and yeah. it doesn't work. So yeah, then you like ask people for advice, and you know none of that works. So. Yeah. I guess the most frustrated I got is when like you couldn't you couldn't get them to calm down. You know you're tired. They're crying. You know you go pick them up. They're still crying and screaming. So you you know walk mm-hmm. a mile around the neighborhood or whatever just to try to tire them out. Nothing works. Yeah, I yeah. guess that was kind of just yeah. There's nothing you could do but just keep mm-hmm. walking around with them. And I think in that like in that beginning stage, you're just figuring out how to be mom or dad and like how to comfort them and and you're learning them you're learning their wants and needs and their cues and the things that work and don't work and like sometimes you literally exhaust every single option and it doesn't work and then eventually you circle all the way back to the beginning and then that first thing works (laughs) so I think my biggest like takeaway through all of it is just that you're instincts as a parent will always guide you in the right direction like it's okay to seek advice it's okay to do your research but in the end like you will ultimately know in your heart what's best and you will figure it out like you are capable of it um and you might feel a little crazy sometimes but you are the best parent for your baby um that's my biggest no let you know take away and they smile at you yeah <laughs> exactly it's just been the biggest blessing and the best surprise that's ever happened to us and i can't even like imagine what we'd be doing right now without him and said the same thing like a year after we got our dog i know but then you have a baby and it's I like know. you ha- it's your baby like that's yeah. your that's your child and I do remember having like a little bit of an adjustment period of being like, okay, wow, we have a baby now. Like (laughs) our life is never going to be the same. That, that guilt I felt like going out and doing anything was really real. Um, but it went away. Like now I feel like, okay, when I have to go 
to a shoot or I have to go do a wedding or I go get my nails done alone or something because I, you know, you learn that having your own time is so important for your own like sanity and mental health and you're not a bad parent for needing the space every now and then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that sums it up. Like we didn't get... It doesn't even begin to sum it up, but... I know, right? It's the best we can do in the time now. It's hard to like <laughs> reflect back on it now and remember all the individual challenges and victories and things like that because it, it just all blends together so crazy crazily is that a word no i don't know <laughs> well, i just made it a word i'm sure too well, if we talked in like a year it'd be a a bunch of different struggles that we didn't think were coming with yeah with being a toddler and, yeah. yeah i'm sure we're entering the next phase of like what will be challenging ahead of us so um, to the point where we say no, and he doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, you know there there will be tantrums and attitude, and <laughs> it's coming. But we'll just have to learn how to navigate that, and we'll check back in with you when we get to that point. But for now, we're just gonna enjoy this phase of him being fun and sweet and funny, mainly yeah. funny. <laughs> I mean, he'll always be fun, but yeah. you know, it's it's not super challenging at this at no. this point in time but i know that's coming <laughs> eventually yeah hopefully he won't be terrible hopefully he doesn't just continue to repeat all the sounds i make to try to make him <laughs> laugh for the rest of his life because then he might get a little annoying oh i'm sure he's already starting to get loud with his just he'll just randomly scream just to see how loud he can get which is yeah. it's cute now but i feel like that's how the two of us talk I know. So he says hi to me when he's in the other room and I'm working. That is really cute how he does that. <laughs> I'll have him in the kitchen, like, eat, feeding him breakfast, lunch, or dinner when Jordan is still in his office working. And he'll, like, yell at him and then they wait. yell back at each other. Yeah, he'll wait for my response. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll go, ah, da, 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 da. Ah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's adorable. Well, thanks for listening in. I hope this was encouraging if you are in this stage or it's coming soon. You're expecting. Or if you're in the four-month stage, it will get better. Yeah, it <laughs> will. And if I had to give you like a rough estimate of when, it's about that. And I know that feels like so far away in the you know first couple of weeks, but it does. Man, you really do blink. And if it doesn't, within four months, when it does get better, it's all worth it. It is. It's all so worth it for these little angels. Well, we will check back as we continue learning as parents. And thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.